Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is not intended for anyone under the age of 18. And while our content is always adult in nature, this particular episode contains quite a bit of adult language. You're going to hear real conversations between myself and people connected to this case. I am airing the discussions uncut and uncensored. Adults only on this one. Do you have a warrant for your arrest for the murder of William Lowell, who was the gas station attendant? You're wrong. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Last week, I began the show with some bad news about Sandy Melgar. But this week, I'm going to start the episode with some good news. Most of you are familiar with our Season 4 case. For those of you who aren't, Season 4 was a mini-series about a man named George Powell. George was convicted of robbing a convenience store in Bell County, Texas. And this is the short story. George is a tall dude, six foot three. The robbery was captured on video, and the man in the tapes is clearly a short guy. And aside from that, the victims in the robberies, there were actually a string of them, not just the one George was convicted for, all described the robber as being short, around 5'6 to 5'8. The prosecutors in the case hired a self-proclaimed photogrammetry expert to convince the jury that their eyes were playing tricks on them, and the man in the video was actually at least 6'1. George was convicted and has now spent nearly 10 years in prison for this crime that I am certain he did not commit. A few months ago, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals overturned his conviction and ordered a new trial, based on the testimony of an actual photogrammetry expert, Grant Fredericks. George's story was recently featured on the Netflix docuseries Exhibit A. But this is where we stood at the end of June. The court had overturned the conviction, but it had not made any ruling whatsoever on George's claim of actual innocence. At that point, George opted to stay in jail while his attorneys with the Innocence Project of Texas filed a motion with the CCA requesting that they reconsider his actual innocence claim. On Tuesday of this week, the CCA denied the motion. And that's the bad news. But the good news is, George is going home. It's still unclear what the next steps are going to be. The state has been telling the press that they plan to retry George, but I'll believe that when I see it. In the meantime, George will get to await the next steps from home. And he'll be there very soon. We're talking days from now, not weeks. And that's where you come in. Just like Ed Aids, George has to reboot his life when he walks out of that prison. Just like with Ed, that process costs money. Thankfully, George has his fiancée Tamara there to help him with the transition, but they could really use some help. 
When Ed was released, the Truth and Justice Army rallied together to raise enough funds for his wife, Kim, to not have to worry about coming up with the money to purchase the things that Ed needed to restart his life. Everything from clothing, to a toothbrush, to a car. So this is what I'm asking. I'm asking for any of you that can, please pause this podcast right now and go to GoFundMe.com slash George Home and donate whatever you can afford to help George transition home. Every bit helps and many hands make light work. One more time, that website is GoFundMe.com slash George Home. Let's all let George and Tamara know that the Truth and Justice Army is here to support them. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You've seen the film. You know the game. Now, Jumanji just got real. Only at Chessington World of Adventures. Featuring Daredevil Dad, Mom on a Mission, and the kids who can't wait to ride the world's first Jumanji roller coaster. An epic adventure awaits. World of Jumanji. Only at Chessington World of Adventures. Book this summer's must-do day out at Chessington.com. As soon as we began investigating Bill Little's murder, a flood of messages, voicemails, emails, and tips began to flood in. When we work in a small town like Bloomington, Illinois, this is pretty much to be expected. People talk and spread rumors. A fact that Jamie Snow is very well aware of. It's actually one of the reasons why Mike and I chose this case. There are people out there who absolutely know for a fact who killed Bill Little. And we knew that when the Truth and Justice Army goes marching into a town like this, it's like turning up the thermostat on all those people who have been trying to keep secrets for the last 28 years. Our reach is pretty far and wide, and it's almost impossible for anyone connected to the case not to catch wind of what we're talking about, which makes it pretty damn hard to lie. And that's what today's episode is all about. Corroborating stories and sorting out who's lying from who's telling the truth. All signs point to the fact that Bill Little's killer knew him and had a grudge with him. Jamie Snow says that he never met him or had anything to do with him, and people like Bill Jesse, who I've recently discovered actually went by Willie Jesse, say that Bill and Jamie were hanging out in all the same bars. So before we can move along any further into our investigation, we need to know who's telling the truth. It may not seem like that significant of an issue, but it's important because this is our foundation. More to the point, it's the foundation of the state's case against Jamie. A bunch of people telling stories. If the basis of those stories revolves around the fact that Jamie was hanging around in bars with Bill, and that's one of the places where he was confessing to everyone who would listen, we need to know if that was even possible. Was Jamie spending his evenings in the bars? And was Bill also hanging out in bars when he was 18 years old? Could they have known each other? Undoubtedly, the best source of information on that topic is Danny Hartley. By all accounts, Danny and Bill were best friends and spent just about every day together. And since it's incredibly hard to hear Danny over the phone, 
Mike and I packed up the truck and drove to Bloomington on Tuesday. Danny agreed to meet with us, and around 2.30 in the afternoon, we pulled up to the address he had given me. Danny? Hey, I'm Bob. Where, where are we headed? About five blocks away. You, you want to ride? Yeah, hop in. Oh, let me... Oh, Danny is living with his cousin, so he wanted to sit and talk at a nearby park. He hopped into my truck, and we traveled about five blocks. We found a pavilion in a remote area where no one else was around and settled in at a picnic table to chat. I recorded most of our conversation, but Danny did ask me to turn the mics off a couple times. And I'll tell you, our off-record conversations didn't amount to much. Really, he just didn't want to name a few names for all of the world to hear. Our conversation was pleasant, and it answered a lot of questions. I'm going to let you hear a bit of what we talked about, the important parts. I want you to hear Danny's answers to questions like, did Bill ever hang out in bars? Was there anyone out there in 1991 that had a problem with Bill? And you're going to hear me read from a police report that Tammy Alexander found in Jamie's file. A report that Bill had actually threatened to kill someone. So what what was the deal with the brothers and Leroy? I don't know. I really don't know. I just know they didn't get along. And they come to the gas station, and uh, they just come to start shit. I mean, nothing happened. Right. But who knows? I don't even remember their name. They had, like, three brothers, and they all got the same last name. I cannot remember who they are. Your Tammy had something. That's a nice color of blue. I miss mine. Yesterday, April 1st, friend Ryan Kibler... It's all redacted who, who's talking. Right. So, I mean, what's up with this shit? Why are they covering it all up? I don't know. But this person, whoever it is, says his friend Ryan Kibler came over to his house and told him that he had been having a problem with Danny Hartley. Ryan then told Blank it was about Danny's ex-girlfriend, Jennifer Zine. Is that the one? Ryan Kibler. Ryan. Is uh, it Ryan? Yeah, Jenny Zine's what I was dating. Is that how? So that's how they spell it in the report? Is Z- that- Z-I-E-N-E. The Z E E N. No, that's wrong. It's Z E I N E or Z I E N E. The parents still live in the same spot. Do they? Yeah. That was Bill's cousin. Okay. He yeah. didn't know that until after he went to her house with me a couple or one time. And uh-huh. then they started talking. That's how they found out they were cousins. Right. So this, this whoever this is, says it was about Danny's ex girlfriend Jennifer Zine, who Ryan is now seeing. Uh, and he stated that. Danny Hartley is a pussy and would not fight Ryan, so he told his best friend Bill Little, who in turn made a phone call to Ryan. In the conversation, according to Blank, Bill Little said he was going to kill Ryan because of the problem with Danny Hartley. That's not true. That's not true at all. Ryan wouldn't fight me at Burger King out in normal. So you know who Ryan is? Yeah. I don't think it's, I forget his last name. He had long blonde hair. Uh, so apparently it's Kibler. Steve, that... I know he used to live on Grove Street in Normal. was all we knew about that. So, whatever his version of events were, do you recall any Bill being involved in any kind of conflict or calling that kid or anything no, like that? No, that I remember. No. Does it sound like something Bill would do? No. No, that's why I said not that I remember. I don't know how, how he would get his number. I didn't have his number. I ran into the guy at lunchtime in Normal Community. Because you had an open lunch. People go to Burger King, they go to Vontis. Uh-huh. And I ran into my Burger King. Sitting with my ex old lady at the time. 
which we wasn't exes then, I just didn't go to school no more. I didn't, right. I didn't like authority. I how, went back to get my license. I went back to school. How long had you been broke up with Jennifer? Uh, February. End of January, beginning of February. So it's been a couple months. Yeah. I want, did, did that voice on that voicemail sound familiar to you at all? I didn't ever hear, no, not, that, not from what I could hear on it, no. Yeah, it was hard to I didn't know. The cops asked me about it years ago. I remember them asking. Once I heard it, I remembered it. They asked about it. Uh, I don't know. That's why I said it was a genie or was it Jenny? What did you, you hear on it? I thought it was Jenny from yeah. what I was told. But yeah, that's what I thought. You know, it's, it's the report said Gina. See, it, but when I listened to it, it sounded like Jenny to me. Isn't that who uh, Bill was working for? Is a Jenny? Jeannie? Yeah, the, Gina, the Mexican Gina girl. Lee, yeah, Luda. she had two ki- two younger kids. That's why Bill worked that day. He wasn't even supposed to be working that day. Uh-huh. He was supposed to be off. And we had plans, but we changed the plans for later on because he worked. So right. she could be home at Easter. That was the kind of guy he was. Right. What, what were you guys going to go do that night? It was Easter. Go to Gibson City to see some girls? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what? What is the? You, you heard the episode where we kind of broke down the different statements between you and and Dion. And I don't know where Dion's coming up with that because I know I had three people in my car, four count me. Uh huh. And none of them went in when I went in. Right. That's why I told Bill, I look, let me go drop these guys off, go shower, I'll be right back. And by the time I left and come back, they already had them, already had the place taped off, and 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 old boy being in the driveway and a cop being across the street, how the. How the hell does a cop not see somebody walking out of that gas station? Right. If he's seen old boy sitting there airing a tire up. That don't make no sense, man. That's all I can think about is like what... And that'd be Pilo, but back then, I guess he wasn't a bad cop, so... Right, well, that anybody knew of. Right. Nobody knew he was raping right. women for right. all those years yeah. until they caught him. Exactly. Uh, this town, though, Jamie's right. If you got a record or you're doing shit, they're coming for you. <laughs> it don't matter. Right. Well, that's the, like, really, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around... You know, fucking running away and I'm hiding and, and all that shit. It's like, I mean, if you're innocent, why why is that? But then again, if you're if you're guilty, why in the hell do you want to push the DNA issue? Right. I mean, take a chance either find out if you are you got DNA there, and then you're still stuck in prison the rest of your life, or I don't know. Well, I don't I know what to say how anymore. How much of the different witnesses that came forward like it, it was all just like twisted and rumored so I'm meeting somebody else today that called you know that Bill Jesse guy that you say right. did you yeah, know who he I is I think he's I think his name's Willie Jesse Willie That's Jesse I think they call him Willie okay. Jesse but you know who he is yeah I know him yeah, so know. you know Jamie says he doesn't know him whatever I mean I, I just don't believe anybody until you know I <laughs> but then but then I get a call from... I don't think Jamie's going to lie to you after you said, don't lie to me or it's done. So right. I don't, I don't think he's going to lie. He's been pretty... Like I said, he's called me back a couple times. Right, like I, when I he heard it. It wasn't his turn for the phone. <laughs> right. Just like, hey, hey, I just I said that and I thought about it and that's not exactly right. right. You know, I was like, yeah, I don't think he is either. But, but then again, so then I get this woman that was a bartender at Scuttlebutt's. Right. And she's telling me... I, I know who, who this Bill Jesse guy is, mm-hmm. and I know who, apparently Jamie knew her sister, not so much her, but she right. was. And she's like, he's full of shit. I've never seen, Jamie was hardly ever there. If he was, I've never seen him there around Bill Little. I've never Bill seen Bill Little never went to Scuttlebutt, as far as I know. The only time he was in town was hanging out, he was hanging out with me. Right. Most of the time. So it was even like, because there was a couple there. We people. never went to no bars. We didn't know nothing to get in the bar. The only bar you get into is Metropole, and who wants to go down that hellhole? 
Right. Where's that? Is that here? Down to, oh, it's not there no more. So I think uh, Fat Jacks or uh, another bar has got his spot. But that was that was a hell. Well, because that was the thing that got me is like like he's talking about Bill hanging out in all these bars. Bill was eighteen, and I was, I was like, well. In Bloomington in, in 91 Were they I, just letting people drink Or is this guy full of shit I could get I could get in Metropolitan 17 So uh-huh. My parents went in there Right But they served me I didn't drink So I don't know Right Did Bill ever go in there That you know Not of? that I know of We never went in there together it, Never it, it, We never went to no bars together We've been to the pool All together a couple times And he didn't gamble When I was in there Right. Well, and you guys, I mean, you guys, it sounds like you guys spent a lot of time together. We did. We were best friends. Uh-huh. He left, left, went to Florida, come back because he didn't like it down there. Come back and live with his dad, got that job. Wish he'd stayed in Florida now. But like I said, it either, if I would have been there, it either would have been both of us or it would be either one of us. Uh-huh. He'd still be alive. So, you know, and that, it really, like, knowing that. It like paints a whole different picture because you. I mean, I'm listening to these all these informants that testified at trial. Talk They're about, all in jail. I, I, I think I, if I, think, I went out of jail, I'd probably tell you anything you want to hear too. <laughs> right. I mean, the the investigators, I think, thought too this had to be somebody with a personal grudge against him. So then they start coming up with all these stories about how Jamie and Bill knew each other. But I, I've yet to see any no, connection how they actually not. did. Only way, only way that I think Jamie seen my uh, Bill is at my mom's house. If, if if Jamie was even in any of the cars that come to pick Skinner up, you know, I don't know. I right. don't know. If you and, and if that's the case, if you go to rob a gas station for, you know, however, anybody that, that's a, a burglar like them yeah, right. knows there ain't that much money in there. Exactly. And you walk in and you see it's a guy you know, unless you, want you just another, don't fucking unless, rob it. You go to a different wanna, gas station. Unless you want another hit off a crack pipe, I guess you might do whatever you want. Well, right, but it ain't the only gas station in Wilmington. No, no, there's one right down the road. Yeah. Like why? Why go ahead and rob him and then and then decide? Well, now I'm going to murder him. Like uh, that don't make no sense. It, it, it don't make no sense for somebody to hang out as long as it says either. Right. Not if you're robbing him. But like I said, as far as I know, he didn't have no enemies. Man, we went everywhere and they never had no problems. He kept me out of trouble is what it was. I stayed out of trouble hanging out with him because he didn't do shit to get in trouble. Right. So I hung out with him and stayed out of trouble. Yeah, and the and the gambling stuff. Like I said, I've. I, you know, they, they kind of made a big deal about it in the police reports, which is a risk factor. But it sounds like it was he might play a pool game for twenty bucks or ten bucks or something, or five know? or whatever. But yeah, he it's, it's just like it was yesterday, still to me. I lost two years of my life that I don't remember. It's not because just because I was hurt. And only thing I can tell you, I did. I got married and I had a baby. Uh-huh. I did a lot of partying. Right. Take my mind off of it. Slept in the cemetery many nights, many nights. Shit, the first Fourth of July, we had a hell of a Fourth of July. Is better than another part. Oh, yeah. At the cemetery. Yeah. That, where is the cemetery? Uh, out, out, uh, Empire. This Route Nine is what it's called. Uh-huh. Locust Street, Locust Street, will run you in back into Route Nine. Where, where, uh, if you're coming from the east and come this way, Empire will go forward. And if you go around this way, it'll take you back to the uh, Logan Street. But Logan Street's the one way going that way. Okay. It's way out by the airport is where it's at. Right so, across street from the airport. My brother's out there. I got a lot of family out there. What happened with your brother? Died of a heroin overdose. Actually, uh, him and his uh, buddy uh, Shane was out drinking and doing crack. Couldn't find him more, so they got some heroin. Uh-huh. And killed him. That was in 2001. Is there, is, there, is there a lot of that going around this town? It seems 
I don't know. I don't mess with nothing. I'm clean, so right. I don't. I don't. I don't do nothing but hang out there and work. That's all I do. It's too much drama in this town. People talk too much shit here. It's a weird place. So like, you, you live in Houston now, so like, this is a small town. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, way small. But I live in a small fucking town. Like my town. Like like to me, this is is, is a weird because it's kind of in the middle. Like it's. It, it's almost 200,000 people between the both of them. But right. It, it, I live in a town of 2,400 people. We can do something right now, and by tonight, there's going to be a lot of people talking about it. Yeah, I'm so that's why, 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 why to I do it. To me, this is a bigger city, mm-hmm. but rumors spread like it's a small, small. town. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's interesting because we have all these people kind of coming out of the woodwork. Speaking of which, so in one of your statements, you said that, that Danny Hendricks was with you that night. No, not with me. That's they like, didn't hang out with me. Then he hung out with my brother, which my brother was a north side too. So, uh-huh. and he became a north side on the street, which was not supposed to be allowed. Right. And not supposed to be allowed like that. No, you're not supposed, the, to, be, you're supposed to be. It's supposed prison. to be a prison game, uh-huh. not a street game. But then he's the one that brought it to the street. Then he is the one. So yeah. he's so so because that's what he told me. He said he brought he. What yeah, Drew wasn't, Drew wasn't correct on what he said about the Northside because Northside was around for a while. He made it sound like he was, yeah, the boss. He was. He was supposed to be the shot caller. After speaking with Danny, I'm finding it highly unlikely that Bill and Jamie were hanging out at Windjammers and Scuttlebutts like Willie Jesse said. In order for that to be true, Bill would have had to have been hanging out in those places. And according to Hartley, that just wasn't possible. So at this point, I'm really stretching to find any connection between Bill and Jamie. That's problem number one. Problem number two is determining if Jamie himself was hanging out in those bars. He says that he wasn't and that he's never met Bill Little or Willie Jesse. You heard Danny explain that a guy named Denny Hendricks brought the Northsiders gang to the streets in Bloomington. Well, Denny is also a friend of Jamie's and he was part of the reason why we made this trip. I wanted to hear from him what Jamie was up to in 1991. And also, I'd like to hear the real story about the Northsiders, who they were and what they were doing. I did meet up with Denny Hendricks, but not before I received a tip from a woman who was bartending at Windjammers in 1991. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sunday evening, after last week's episode aired, where Jamie said that he didn't know Willie Jesse or Bill Little and that he wasn't even hanging around in those bars, I received a message from a woman named April Bird. And this is what she wrote to me. I've known Jamie since I was about 11 years old. I knew him more as an acquaintance than a friend. 
He was closer to my sister's age, and they were actually friends. After listening to your podcast a couple weeks ago with that guy, Bill Jesse, I have been wanting to reach out to you because there were many untruthful statements that man said. He made the statement that everyone knew that Jamie had shot Billy and that everyone shunned Jamie. He mentioned the two bars, Scuttlebutt and the Windjammer. I was a bartender at the Windjammer during this time, and I went to the Scuttlebutt frequently. I do not ever remember Jamie hanging out at either bar. I'm sure he had occasionally come in, but not enough to be considered a regular. Bartenders, as you know, hear every rumor. Who's cheating on who? Who's doing dope? Who's selling dope? Who's a thief, a snitch, and who's going to get beat up? And all of the who, what, where, why, and hows. This wasn't something that everyone said. Jamie did this. And Jamie most certainly never made the statement to anybody in the bar that he killed Billy. And I don't remember Jamie ever being involved in any fights or altercations. After listening to that episode, I also reached out to other people who worked specifically at Scuttlebutts, and they had no recollection of any of this either. I am familiar with a lot of people who play a part no matter how small or big. I do know them. This Bill Jesse, I do not recognize his name. That's not to say he didn't ever come into the bars. I just don't believe he was as involved or in the loop as he claims to be. A lot of the reason Jamie is in prison today is because of the rumors and the he said, she said stuff. Also, the Northsiders were not really a gang, but more of a group of guys that had all been in prison and hung out with each other. It's just my opinion that this particular guest, for whatever reason, has tried to appear to be something he's not. I don't know why on earth he would want to say the things he said, but once again, this case is surrounded with dishonest people and a lot of rumors. Thank you for your time and all that you do. April. So where we stand now is two points for Jamie telling the truth, and zilch for Bill Jesse's credibility. Based on what April and Danny Hartley have told me, I don't believe that Bill or Jamie were hanging out in those bars. But that's not good enough, so I didn't stop there. Jamie has also claimed to have been really settled down by 1991. As he put it to me, he had really began to understand his role as a father and a husband by that time. There were two people that I wanted to talk to about Jamie's role as a family man. His ex-wife, Tammy and his old friend, Denny Hendricks. Mike and I rolled up to Denny's house at 4 p.m. on Tuesday, and he's a big fella. I walked towards his front porch to find him sitting in a rocking chair, casually rocking back and forth. He's still rocking the long hair that was popular in the 90s, but now his ponytail and his goatee are gray, almost white. Denny was sipping on a tall boy of Bud Ice with a backwards trucker cap and a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off when he stood up to greet me. Denny! Yes, sir. How you doing? Doing all right. How about yourself? Good. I'm Bob. Bob? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I've seen plenty of your videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is Mike. Okay. Um, I've, got, I've got a recorder recording. Denny and I talked on his front porch for over an hour. And the conversation wasn't really linear, meaning we kind of jumped back and forth from topic to topic. So because of that, I decided that the best way to present it to you is just to let you listen in. Now, I'm not going to play the entire hour-long conversation today. Some of the things we talked about will be more relevant later in the investigation. But I'm going to let you in on quite a bit of our chat. Denny is in a pretty unique position. And his relationship to the case and our series on it is complex. He grew up with Jamie. He was the leader of the Northsiders in Bloomington, and he spent quite a bit of time in prison 
where he actually came into contact with a lot of the jailhouse snitches that helped send Jamie away. You know, I grew up with Jamie Snow since a young age. Uh-huh. His dad was a stock car driver, and actually a good one. Was he? And got in a wreck in Indianapolis, and uh, that's what messed him up. His dad was messed up, but mm-hmm. his dad used to come over our house all the time. His kids, you know what I mean? Right. And eat dinner and stuff, and his dad would take us to, he took us to Indianapolis to the track and stuff, but, you know, all all Jamie Snow ever got convicted of was rumors. Uh-huh. You know, it, it all started off a rumor. And I know Jamie Snow personally, and I believe in my heart he didn't do it, you know. He even was messing with my ex-wife while I was in prison. And, well, one my ex-wife then, but, uh-huh. you know, and I still, when I went on trial, they uh, said I was a hostile witness because uh, there was a meeting one time in a room where... Uh, he's dead now. Bill, Bill Gaddis, Bill Bradford, uh-huh. or something came in there and said that he walked in there and me, my brother Bobby, another guy, Frankie Turner, which is dead, and Dave Shepard, which is dead, and uh, and Jamie was there and said that he walked in and we were all crying. And he's like, you know, what's the problem? He said, well, Jamie Snow, you know, they try, you know, try to say Jamie Snow killed that kid last night. You know, and like I try to say on trial, back then we were real tough guys, you know what I mean? Right. It, it would be hard for us to cry over somebody we didn't know. You know, it right. wasn't true in the first place. Uh-huh. You know, we didn't do it, you know? Right. And I said, no, when I was on the stand, I said, no respect to the little family, but that just wasn't our Mr. Mean, you know, our meaner. Right. You know, we're not gonna be five, six guys sitting around crying over, you know. Right. Something like that. And like I said, I met Bill. Do you know a Bill that testified against him that got, he was in Dixon with me in like 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was a Plumbo, Ed Plumbo. I've heard the name Plumbo, yeah, Ed Plumbo. Yeah, Ronnie Wright was another one. Uh-huh. And Bruce Rowland was another one. Uh-huh. That all got time cuts or, you know. They all testified against Jamie. They all testified against him, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, now, do you you know for a fact they got time cuts for it? Oh, I know for a fact because I was yeah that Bill I seen him and uh, Dixon, and he told me about it. You know, at first he was scared because he thought you know I was going to do something to him, right? Because he knew me and Jamie Snow grew up together. Mm-hmm. But and uh, yeah, Palumbo got one. Ronnie Wright he got one, and then boogied. And Bruce Rollins in Florida. Bruce Rollins in Florida. He's another one that that submitted that. You know, they gave him time cuts. And plus the detectives back then, Katz uh-huh. was one of them, and the other one, I mean, they was crooked. I mean, the, matter of fact, I think my ex-wife and my brother, Bobby's ex-wife, um, messed around with them, uh-huh. you know, and got away, you know. But, uh, you know, Jamie Snow might have, you know, broken houses or something. But, he, I, you know, it all started as a rumor. Right. You know, and that Danny Martinez, I grew up with Danny Martinez, too. Oh, you know him? Yeah, I know Danny personally. Uh-huh. I went to school with him. And his brothers and him were all laborers. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, he don't come out no more. Right. But, you know, it just, it, it's really weird that, you know, they couldn't get him then. You know what I mean? And then, you know, 10 years later. Right. You know, and I know Danny took a, from listening to your thing, took a, Danny Hartley. 
uh, took a lie detector test. Right. Because they thought he might have been in on mm -hmm. it. But, I mean, when I seen your thing, that was the first time I ever heard about anybody, about Bill Little being scared. Right. Or something, you know. And like I said, back in the day, us Northsiders, it was a originated prison gang uh -huh. that started in uh, Chicago. Right. And uh, uh, Joe Gancy and uh, Tommy Ortiz started it, and they just, what it was, you know, they were in Cook County, and they're like, hey, there's no white guys together, so they hooked up and called themselves the Northsiders. Uh -huh. But back in them days, man, I mean, we we took care of families and stuff for people that went in, you know what I mean? We uh -huh. wasn't out chasing people or you right. know what I mean? So, but so the Northsiders were on the street then. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. I mean, I I started the Northsiders. Uh huh. You know, when I came out of prison, and there, Junior Walden was a uh, uh, Simon City Royal, and mm -hmm. and back then, you know, I'm not gonna lie, we was dipping and dabbing and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cocaine, but that was it. You know, and. Uh, and then he switched over. I had him switch them over to Simon said Rose to the Northsiders, and then I put him in second in command. But, mm -hmm. you know, we weren't out. The only ones that ever got beat up would have been the ones that were our own that right. done something stupid. Right. You know what I mean? But, uh, I mean, we're, yeah, we were out there then, but Jamie Snow was never a Northsider. Right. You know? Never was. Never was. Mark was. Mark McCowan. Jamie's body. Yeah. 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 Me and him were Sellies in uh -huh. Sheridan. And then, uh, as a matter of fact, I was in Sheridan when they came and talked to me when Jamie Snow's dad died and knew that we knew each other and asked, mm -hmm. you know, hey, they let me go over and talk to him, right. you know, about his dad dying and stuff. But, because uh, he knew, you know, I knew his dad and stuff. But, yeah, man, I, I, mean, I know in my heart, I, you know, that Jamie Snow didn't do that. So you were, were you hanging around Jamie around yeah. that time in the 90, 1991, yeah. around the time that happened? I think that's when he came back from Florida, because he went to Florida for a while. Well, I think he went to Florida, so he was he went to jail in like 90, or 85, for yeah. like three years or a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So he went to jail in like 85, did, did a year and a half, I think, for a burglary yeah. of some kind, and then I think he was just here. Just a quick correction here. At the time, I didn't realize that what I said there wasn't exactly accurate. Since then, I learned that Jamie did go to prison in 1986. He and his buddy Mark McCowan, affectionately known as Stretch, got caught burglarizing Danny Hartley's dad's house. Duke, Danny's dad, was affiliated with the biker gang himself. He and his buddies caught up to Stretch and evidently beat the living shit out of him. Both Stretch and Jamie were convicted of that burglary and were sent away to prison. This was the incident that Jamie was talking about two weeks ago. The one that he referred to as petty and then corrected himself. As he said, he was sent away for three years for that crime. When he got out, I assumed that he had moved back to Bloomington. I later found out that that wasn't the case. He was actually living in St. Louis after he got out, and he was still living there in January of 1990 when his son Jamie Jr. was born. So anyway, I'll get back into my conversation with Denny now. I just didn't want to give you any false information. Bill was killed in Easter of 91. And a couple about a month before that is when he was mixed up in that Freedom Oil robbery. Yeah, where he ended and he got arrested for that about three weeks after Bill's murder. Spent the summer in jail, 
bonded out in the, they dropped charges in the fall. That's when he went to, went to Florida. Florida. Yeah. Then he came back in 93. That's when my ex-wife, or my, one ex-wife then, but my wife Tina was messing with him. Uh-huh. You know, while I was in prison. But uh, Jamie Snow was never an oversider. He never hooked up. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, it, it literally all started as a rumor. Uh-huh. You know? that That's actually how it all got going. Right. You know, within that period of time of him going to Florida and coming back and then 10 years later, you know, Danny picks him out of a lineup, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I mean, yeah, I heard the videotapes for the detectives, you know what I mean? Yeah. Interviewing, uh, interviewing uh, Danny uh -huh. before he went in, you mm -hmm. know, and Katz and the, what was the other one? Well, there was an early investigation was Crow and Barkus. Crow, yeah, Crow yeah. and Barkus. Yeah. Yeah, they're and then, now, now Jamie speaks highly of Crow. He says he, he says Crow was a good guy, and yeah. Crow never thought he did it. And it was after Crow retired that Cats took over. Yeah. And then Cats just set his set his sights on him and just never let up. Yeah. Same with the uh, state's attorney. Uh -huh. You know. The thing that makes me think that this is somebody that had a beef with Bill and it wasn't just a robbery is we know when the gas the cash register was open last. Yeah. So at eight sixteen, it's opened, or eight fifteen, it's open, and that's when the money is never closed again or open again. That's it. Yeah. So money's out, and then Bill shot at eight twenty one, six minutes later. Yeah. So why does somebody, when they already have the money, money go shoot stick him. around for five minutes? It well, and then shoot him. That's almost like somebody knew him. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody gonna do that unless he knows you. Right. And it's not just like shooting him because he was a witness, because that, ha you know, yeah. you pop him and get out of there. He was he was seen what by was other it, people. was $63 or something like that? 90, I think it ended up being like 93 bucks. 93 bucks, yeah. Yeah. You know. For nothing. Like, none of it makes sense unless it was somebody that had a beef with Bill. Yeah, it don't make sense. But at that time, n nobody had a beef with Bill. I, d I didn't even know Bill. I said, did you, did you know him or no, know of him? No, no, no. Never knew him, didn't know nothing about him. I know his sister Susan, uh -huh. and you know what I mean? We've had our discussions before, and you would think they would want to find the right killer. They would be satisfied, the family. Right. You know? But they're convinced it was Jamie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're just convinced. I just don't see it. I mean, I can't say he didn't do it. I don't know, but I don't see any evidence that he did. There's no indication that, you know, the, the description of the man seen at the station doesn't look anything like him. Yeah. There's no, and, and that, and that's kind of what I get at with, with you. So when you were hanging around him in, so were you guys still hanging around each other around that time in '91? Oh yeah, yeah. So what? Now that's Jamie's what told me when he was younger, he was he put it to me. I was a juvenile delinquent till I was 25 years old. Yeah. You know he run around. Ill spent youth, we call it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He said you know he was he was causing trouble. He was in and out of jail. He was doing stupid shit. But he says that by '91, about the time this happened, that he had kind of that he had he had settled down and he was he was yeah he was a family man he didn't do shit. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. According to Danny, Jamie wasn't out hanging out in bars, and he wasn't telling people that he killed Bill Little. He was at home with his wife and kids. Yeah, I mean, Jamie, like I said, he was never hooked up. He, you know what I mean? He did his little shit when he was young. But he was calmed down. I mean, he didn't do shit. Was was he was he out at the bars even? Jamie didn't come out to bars. No, he was not a bar person. Yeah, you know, he stayed at home. Were you were you around the bars and stuff? Oh yeah, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I was out hustling at the time. Right. You know. Where, uh, so the some of the places that people, some of the witnesses have said they had, they saw Jamie out wandering, out causing trouble and getting into fights and stuff was. Scuttlebutts and windjammers were you around those bars? Yep, I went to. I know the old windjammer, the new windjammer. Uh, uh, Scuttlebutt was pretty much my place that I hung out. Mm-hmm. But Jamie Snow didn't come out. He he didn't go out the bars. No, okay. no, he went out causing problems like we was. Right. You know? So what? So that was Easter. From what you know about him back then, could you see him leaving Tammy home with the kids and running around out on Easter Sunday night? No, I mean. Especially, I mean, Jamie Snow was a family man, and he worked. And his old lady, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Tammy worked. So I don't, uh, I mean, no, I don't see him out at all. I, I wouldn't see why he would do that, leave his family, you know, to go rob something and come back. Right. You know, I know the the rumor started was him and Stretch. Mark McCowan. Mark McCowan. Right. You know, that was the, the first rumor. That mm-hmm. they did it, you know. Right. And I don't even know where, uh, what's her name came in the picture, Susan Powell. She, best I can see is she came in the picture when they figured out that Jamie lived on the south side and didn't have a car. Yeah. That, you know, they had to come up with somebody. Yeah. That drove Well, you know, she had Steve Skelton and he had that, <laughs> you know, public pretender. Right. And, uh, you know, if he would have had a good lawyer, he probably would have got off right then. I mean, right. how can you say this is your accomplice? This is your driver. You know what I mean? Right. For a fact, you think you know that. She gets, she gets acquitted. off, acquitted, and, and you get found guilty. Right. It don't make no sense. And I, want to, so I haven't, even, I haven't dug into it. the trial transcripts yet, but do you know did, at trial, did they still present that same theory that Susan was the one driving for him? No. Not in, not in the court. I, I didn't know nothing about Susan doing it until they arrested her for it. Right. Well, you that's know? what I was going to give because... They went into court for Susan's trial with the theory that they presented a case to the jury that Susan drove Jamie there. Yeah. But then she got acquitted. So surely they didn't go into court the second time and still present that same theory knowing that she was already acquitted. Acquitted, yeah. I mean, where's your driver then or the other person? Right. You know, because I I know then Jamie wouldn't have drove because that would have been, you know, a case because I don't know if he had driver's license then or not. I know he didn't have a car. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Tammy's a good person, you know. I just, I, I can't see Jamie doing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He might back in the day break in your house if you wasn't home, but. Did you ever see him be violent at all? No, Jamie was a metal dude. I've never seen really Jamie start a fight or get in a fight. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, do you know the there was a guy... I, I didn't interview him. It was an old police interview. One of the guys that the police were talking to. Yeah. His name's Bill Jesse. I heard that he actually went by Willie Jesse. Do you know who that guy is? I know who Willie Jesse is. Real good. Did he, he know? Right over the street here. 
does still well, or did? Yeah, he still lives over there. He's he's down there on uh, what at Washington Street. Uh huh. Yeah, he lives. He he he. Willie Jesse still lives over there. Or, I mean, it's still around. So he told the police that Jamie was running around the bars with same bars with Bill Little who was 18 and according to Danny Hartley Bill was never in a bar I would have known Bill Little because my circle was kind of small uh-huh. I mean not, you know what I mean right we would have known well, I I anybody bring a stranger around back then because we were doing certain things I was right not Jamie uh-huh. that we wouldn't you know I never even knew Bill Little until until, until well, it sounds like I heard about him. Scuttlebutts to me sounds like the kind of bar that I because I'm from a small town and I know our, if I walk in our bars the getaway I walk into the getaway yeah I know everybody in there yeah and if it's somebody just, comes in there I don't know everybody's that's the way it was at Slick Ricks or Scuttlebutt nobody you know what I mean uh-huh. uh huh that bar was popping a lot of shit right flowing through or whatever you know mm-hmm. and uh you know jimmy jimmy I, i've never even known him to get in a fight no, it, even all the years that we grew up he, he you know he wasn't that way right yeah he told me he said he got into scuffles in school and stuff but nothing yeah nothing serious and this guy said that jamie was at that time in and out of those bars all the time and and uh, everybody was giving him the cold shoulder because everybody in town knew he had killed Bill. And that him and Willie got into a fight over it. And Jamie told me he doesn't know even know who Willie is. Yeah, he's a big tall dude, man. He's a big old boy. Uh, you know what I mean? He's a laborer. Right. You know, he works his ass off. Uh, Willie Jesse lived with me at one time. And, uh, I mean, I know him, too, personally. You know? And, uh, so did you know he was one of the guys telling police that no, Jamie I didn't. was... No, I did That's the news to me. He was telling police that... He didn't say Jamie confessed, but he said Jamie was running around the bars and saying, you know, fuck that punk, fuck that kid, they ain't got shit on me, they're not going to catch me. No, I've never heard that out of Jamie, man, you know what I mean? Right. Other than, you know, yeah. why are they coming at me for, you know? Right. Uh, because, no, he didn't run the bars. You know, like you said, he wasn't even hooked up, man. He was, he, he never hooked up, you know. He was, when he would go out, would he go out with Tammy sometime, or was it usually just him if he did get a chance to go out? You know what, I've really never seen him out. If they did, it'd probably be Tammy would be with him, uh-huh. you know. But uh, I, I don't really remember Jamie coming out much. You know, there were some guys that they robbed at one time that were, uh, you know, pretty mean. Uh-huh. That, that uh, you know, so Jamie probably wouldn't have went out because of that situation. Uh-huh. You know. Guys that were looking one. for him because of this Yeah, some burglary. biker dudes. Not, yeah. yeah, for a burglary, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they caught Mark, beat him up real bad and threw him in a ditch. And Mark got up and, and got away, and they came back to finish him off. But thank God Mark done walked off, but he heard him come back to get him. So... It's funny, I just heard, I think, that same story from Danny Hartley, who says that the guy that they broke into and Mark got his ass kicked by was was Danny's dad, Duke, Duke Smith. Duke Walden. Or Duke Walden, yeah. Duke Walden, yeah. He, uh, he, 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 he stepped down now, but he was, uh, he's been a D.C. Eagle for a long time. Uh-huh. He's, we about got into it one time over some stupid shit. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, they robbed his house, 
and uh, you know, and he was still affiliated through all them years. Duke was. Uh huh. So, you know, that'd been another reason that Jamie probably wouldn't go out. Right. For that simple reason. Right, and that and that was that was the one where Jamie got hooked up, and it got sent away for a couple of years. Yeah. In the in the mid eighties. Yep. Yeah, but it was for. Yep. It was '86. We was in uh, Sheridan together. Uh huh. He was in one housing unit, and matter of fact, me and Stretch were cellies. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep, and that and and uh, Duke, who was Dan. It's so, so this this Bloomington Normal seems like a big town to me because I'm from a town of two thousand people. Yeah. But you know, it really—it's got such a small town feel. Everybody fucking knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody, and you can shit, and they'll tell about it the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the way it is. And like I said, it was just a rumor. Uh-huh. Nobody—I don't even know how it got blew out of proportion. When did it start? When did, when did you first start hearing the people thought Jamie did it? After they arrested him for it. Not until '99. The no the. The first time they arrested him. That was for the Freedom Oil one. Yeah. Right after Bill was killed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, because, I I mean, I've had cats in them try to hit me up, too. Uh-huh. I mean, I know Crow, you know, when you get in trouble, you know, they're going to come in there and ask you, hey, you know about this case, you know what's right, going right. on, you know. And uh, so, I mean, it was already out that they thought he did it. Even back and then, then, 91. Just yep, a few weeks and then later. people just start running with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just got, it was a rumor, man. Simple as that. I can't figure out how how the rumor even got started. Like, how the fuck does a guy that lives on the other side of town with no car and home I, with his I, wife on Easter, people I, start saying he did it? I, I don't know, man. It, you know what I mean? Uh, like I said, uh, it, it, it baffles the shit out of me. Uh, how they, you know what I mean? I, I, to be honest with you, I, my theory on it is that, because I've seen it with other cases, is that the police, Crow and them, the Barkas, any of those guys at the beginning, thought he had something to do with it because he had just got hooked up for that Freedom Oil one. Yeah. It was an armed robbery. Yeah. And so I think they thought he did it. And then all it takes is when they start interviewing people, they call they call you in. Yeah, they're in. And they start saying, you know what I mean, about Jamie Snow doing that's this robbery. first thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do you, you know what I mean? I had a crow in them. Tr- well, crow knew I didn't like him. Uh-huh. I mean, no, crow was good. But Barkas and uh, Katz were, they were, that was crooked, man. Right. You know. And uh, that, I, I mean, I just don't know how it got blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. You know, it just got Jamie, and then it was just stuck with Jamie. Right. You know, nobody else, you know. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So they start, the police think he did it, so they start talking well, to you about if you know if he did it. Yeah. And then they start to, hey, they were asking me about Jamie Snow, and next thing you know, everybody's well, saying they think Jamie Snow. And so then, then when they go to the next person and say, do you know if Jamie Snow did it? Oh, that's what I heard. Well, I'm wondering if I can talk to Bully and have a talk with you, man. With Willie? Yeah, to see if he'd be willing to... If uh, you can, I'd love to get him on the phone even and, and, and chat with him. I'm just curious. I don't... He ended up... He didn't end up testifying at trial. Yeah. But in his police interview, man, he makes it sound like Jamie was just... So, I, so ask me this. So, after Jamie got back from Florida, so that's 93. Yeah. And he was here for... He was here for about a year before he finally went into prison for that old Freedom Oil thing. Yep. During that time, 
Was he out at the bars and stuff then? No, man. Jamie wasn't a bar person. Uh huh. You know what I mean? He didn't hang around us. You know what I mean? That way. Right. You know, because then we were all clicked up, so we pretty much run around each other, like you said. Uh-huh. We're going to the bar, we know who don't belong there and who does belong there. Right. You know? At the time, the Northsiders are still a thing out here, and so you're probably with that group. Yeah, yeah, at that Jamie time. Jamie wasn't in no, that No, he wasn't in part of us, man. Uh-huh. You know, he didn't even join uh, when he was down there in uh, Sheridan, you know. Oh, when he was in the prison? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was, Stretch was, you know. At that time. So at that time. Why Why would he not, why didn't he join? Because that just wasn't his deal, I guess, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. He just, you know, he, he didn't have to. I mean, you know, plus... Uh, you know, we were good friends, and uh, you know, like I said, I started the North Siders out here at the time just because I believed in it, uh-huh. you know. And uh, Jamie, you know, he, you know, he was a good friend of mine, so if he had a problem or something, right, you know what I mean, he could have came and said something, being that we grew up and he'd be all right, right, you know. So uh, when you started the North, North Siders out here, like, what was the was the what was the purpose of bringing it out to the street it just that uh when i came out here i was still young and dumb too you know what i mean yeah and uh so i started a branch out here all the guys that i knew that been in prison or out of prison that were friends we just started as a like a family thing you know uh-huh. we'd have a meeting every month have a cookout you right. know uh and and you know to be honest it started off uh you know, we sell coke. Uh-huh. You know, so, or I was. Right. You know, I'm not going to lie. And them guys were, you know, my helpers. Right. To get rid of it, you know. hmm And uh, that's all it was. You know, it's played out now, even in prison. But that's all it was. And like right. I said, uh, Junior Walden called it for the Simon City Royals. And he had his little group. And... I was like, well, you guys need to drop your Simon City Royals and, you know, come Northsiders, bring your boys over to Northsiders, and then I'll put you in second man so you're still, you know, you're right. still know you're in charge mm-hmm. somewhat. So and, it was it was more legit out here on the streets than than Drew made it sound yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, man. It, yeah, I don't even know the dude. I've seen the name. I, I, I've never even heard of him before here in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, they were not like that. You know, we did, a uh, guy went to prison, we'd help his girlfriend or wife pay rent or pay a bill or, uh-huh. you know, send him money or whatever it wasn't. Like you said, anybody that would have got beat up would have been one of them that fucked, fucked up doing something stupid. Right. You know, causing trouble or... Well, it sounds like you guys had a business you're trying to run. And yeah, and to... come up short, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really when it started going to shit. They just started robbing each other instead of looking out for each other and that that coke just ruined them right you know and the northsiders are gone now yeah man they're you know yeah it's it's history mm. pretty much even in prison anymore you know yeah uh joe gans the guy started he died dixon before i got there and uh you know i even had a talk with him he's like man you need to get out of this it ain't done you know what i mean but he was young too then you know and right pretty much had a life sentence so Mm-hmm. He died in prison, but uh, yeah, man, it wasn't all made out like it. You know, people were scared. I mean, I had people that would call me and, you know, 
that I never know and be like, you know, hey, my daughter, boyfriend beat her up and this, this and that, or she can't get her shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we'd help, you know, in that way, but nobody went around beating people up and shit. I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked to fight back then, but yeah, Timmy was never part of none of that, man. It sounds like the, a lot of the stuff people have told me about the Norse or implied about the Norse siders from back then is more of the same rumor bullshit. Yeah. I've had people talk to me like, well, I think I know this or know this, but I I can't say anything because well, they'll, they'll lot, kill me. They'll kill uh, me. A lot of them were the ones that were fucking snitching or fucking right. telling shit anyway. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's why I don't get, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I mean, I work with people in prison. That's my job. Yeah. I've never come across a case that had more snitches from prison. I mean, that should, maybe shit's different in Illinois, but that's, in Texas, you get killed for that shit. Well, you know... They were out here fucking, you know, like I said, I know a lot of them moved, uh-huh. you know. They, like I they, said, they I know Ronnie Wright did it. Uh, like I said, I know Bruce Rowland had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that Palumbo was one of them. Did you, know, you, did you know him? Yeah, Palumbo was a Northsider back in the day. So he was he was the one that I, I do know, I've read a little bit on him, that said on the day after Bill was killed that, Jamie pulled up next to him with Tammy in the car and said, I heard what happened. You heard what happened last night. You're going to read about me on the, in the newspaper. First of all, Jamie Snow might have been thief or, you know what I mean, whatever. But he was smart enough. He would never say, why, you know what I mean? Well, He's never going to tell somebody that. Why, you know? Right. That's stupid. Well, and th- that's the thing is like, and I find there's a lot of the cases I work where they got the wrong guy. You see the same shit there. On one hand, they're trying to claim the reason there's no evidence against this person is because they're a criminal mastermind. Yeah. But we know he did it because he went around town and told 20 people he did it. What person that's smart enough not to leave any evidence behind here is stupid enough to go tell everybody about I know Jamie Smo good enough that he ain't going to come out and tell somebody he done something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not stupid. No. I mean, I've talked I mean, to him enough would? to know he's not stupid. Yeah. I mean, who would? It was a long day in Bloomington, but it was productive. I got the answers that I was looking for, finally. Everything Jamie has told me up to this point has proven to be true. He wasn't hanging out in the bars running his mouth. He didn't know Bill Jesse or Bill Little. He was settled down and raising his kids at the time. And even if he had killed Bill, he wouldn't have been naive enough to tell people about it. Everything he has told me up to this point has been corroborated. But anytime I want the real truth, the dirt, so to speak, on someone in a case I'm working on, I always go to the same place, the ex-wife. And in Jamie's case, that's Tammy Snow. Do you think Jamie Snow killed Bill Little? No. Any doubt in your mind? No. Even though he's not your favorite person? I don't have any doubt at all. That's next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Mike Bussing is our executive producer, and Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. 
All music for the show is created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. Our Season 7 logo was created by me, with assistance from Zach Weaver and Shane Yoder. All of our font across all of our logos and banners was created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Natalie Alicia, Pamela Westby, Pam Maples, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com, or you can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. And for all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter. The show's handle is at TruthJusticePod, and my personal Twitter handle is at BobRuffTruth. And you can even follow Mike at MBussing89. For more personal interactions, feel free to follow me on Instagram at TruthJusticePod. Don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.